Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi there. My name is Monica O'Hanlon and you could say I'm a bit of a sticky beak. I just love hearing people's stories because it's true what they say. Everyone's got one. I work at Gove FM in northeast Arnhem Land in the NT. It's one of the most remote and unspoilt parts of Australia. Never heard of it? That's okay. But I bet someone you know has. This tiny slice of paradise has a weird way of connecting people. Everyone knows someone who's been here. I guarantee it. If you're someone who isn't familiar with it, here's what you need to know. The Jungle people are the traditional owners of this region. Their vibrant culture dates back more than 40,000 years. The hub, where I live, is called Nullumboy, a town created on the Gove Peninsula after the establishment of the bauxite mine. You're probably asking, what's the purpose of this podcast? I've met so many weird and wonderful people, whether they're from here or just passing through. I want to know how their path led them to this tiny little dot on the map. And it would be my absolute pleasure to share it with you. Duran Adams is a lot of things. You may know her as a musician, but did you know she's a wife, a mother of two, an entrepreneur, artist, and an ex-Mormon, that she took a chance on love and found herself in an Indigenous community thousands of kilometres from where she'd been living in Perth and even further away from her family in New Zealand. That she liked her old job, but she didn't love it. So, instead of settling, she started her own business and can now work from home whenever she likes. I was lucky enough to chat with Duran about growing up with a religion she says she never quite fit into, her beautiful family, the new business, and of course, her incredible music. Find out how she manages to do it all on this week's episode of Northeast Arnhem Land with Mon. I, I would love to know where exactly you were born, because all I know is that you used to live in New Zealand. I was born in South Auckland. Okay. So in like Gangsterville, the type of place that you wouldn't really want to holiday in. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty full-on place. Very, lots of poverty, very poor. Yeah. It wasn't maybe an ideal. Not a, an ideal place, but because my mum and dad, they're Mormon. They brought us up in like hardcore Mormon religion. Okay. They managed to keep themselves quite sane yeah yeah (laughs) you know they always followed the direction of god to find you know the best place for them and like i had an amazing childhood like i wasn't exposed to anything too full-on 
from my parents and what they done for us and the way that they brought us up with good morals and stuff. Yeah. You know, I followed that and followed their guidance. I mean, obviously I'm not part of the church anymore uh, and I don't think I ever will be. Yeah, yeah we're not. South Auckland. Is, <laughs> is there a big Mormon community in New Zealand? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's huge. Okay. And a lot of the Polynesian people, I think years ago, they sent the Mormon missionaries to Polynesia. So a lot of Polynesian islands have the Mormon church there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and I think it's kind of like it's migrated to New Zealand and it's huge there. Huge. Oh, okay. You grew up in South Auckland. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> um, how did you end up here? Like in Australia, actually. I want to, yeah, we will hold off from how you came to Nulumboy. Okay. <laughs> but how did you, yeah, how did you get to Australia? Well, Basically, my brother. So he moved over to Perth when he was really young because he found he met a girl because they got married and he'd lived here for about 10 years before I decided to come over. I'd finished school and I kind of had no direction. I, I had a job, but I wasn't happy, you know, and I just needed something else. And because I was Mormon at that time too, I didn't really have many options. So being Mormon, it closes you off to a lot of things? I or? feel like, without offending anyone, <laughs> I yeah. do feel like I was very closed off and there wasn't much I could do and I didn't have the confidence to socialise with other people, especially if they weren't part of the religion, which sounds horrible, but... No, I think that's pretty common. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's... Yeah, yeah and deep down in myself, I always knew that that was wrong. There's something not right there. So when I got... <laughs> you can hear um, little Duran's little boy, Manava. Um, he's wiggling around on the floor. Super cute. So if you hear any squeals, we don't have anyone hostage. It's just a baby on the floor. <laughs> he's, on a, he's on a rug. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got lots of toys. If you don't mind me asking, with uh, Mormonism, I, you know, I only know it about it from from TV and stuff and like the stage show. Is it true that you wear an undergarment? Is is that everyone or is that Not just Not everyone, no. That's just certain. It's like a, a certain degree, I suppose. Like once you reach a certain age and you reach a certain level of I'm going to say purity. Yeah. You get the garments. Okay. And they come up to your knee. Obviously, I'm not wearing any, so I never was pure enough. <laughs> That's I not tried. true, but yeah, yeah. I tried to get there. <laughs> you I went a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I didn't ever really feel like I fit in in that, like not saying that I wanted to go against it all. I just felt like there's a lot of things that didn't sit right. And if we're going to be speaking about strong women, I mean, obviously there's so many strong women in the Mormon church and they're yeah. beautiful, amazing women. But for me personally, I felt I d it just didn't sit right. Some of the things that they taught and some of the people that were in the church, without offending anyone, yeah, yeah, it just didn't cool. sit right. A lot of things. And it led me to meeting my husband and it led me to where I am today. And I think if I was still Mormon, I probably wouldn't be here. I mean, and that's not a bad thing either. I mean, like no. I was christened Catholic and yeah. I'm gay. So <laughs> <laughs> like, and I have no problem with the Catholic church, you know, like except for the obvious things, of course. You know, there's problems in any religion, whether it's Buddhism, Catholicism, whatever. I think each to their own. If you want to be yourself and if you want to love whoever you want to love. Yeah. Live and let live kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and each to their own and, yeah. Totally. As long as you're a good person. <laughs> uh, so we digressed a bit there. but yes, so you, a bit deeper. We got to Australia. You mm -hmm. moved over because your bro was here. Yeah. And he has uh, one of his daughters is 
is quite disabled. She's got something called Williams syndrome. So I was basically coming oh, yeah. over to help because his wife had had another baby. She'd hurt her back through pregnancy. So she just needed help. And I came over for a, a short amount of time. And that was lit. That's just, that's it. So yeah, met some friends and that's where I met my husband. That's so lovely. And so how did you end up in the Northern Territory? Because you didn't come straight to Nullumboy, no. did you? No. So when I met Cam, he was on his... He'd just spent six months in Ramaginning on his own. Um, so he'd moved, he'd just finished university and he moved to Ramaginning to do his first year of teaching um, and he'd come back for his Christmas holidays and that's where I met him. I just had, I, I made some amazing friends and he had family there and so we just kind of hung out together. Yeah, yeah. cool. And then I, I, I being Mormon, because my friends weren't Mormon, I wasn't drinking. So watching them all party, I wasn't enjoying myself and then... Um, I wasn't enjoying myself and he wasn't there at the time um, and he showed up the next morning and I immediately took a liking <laughs> to him, probably because he wasn't drunk or wasn't hungover, wasn't a mess, but he just was really well groomed. <laughs> he was clean. So could we say it was love at first sight? I would say And then we hung out for about 10 days and then he left, came back to Northern Territory and I followed him. After 10 days? Well, I went home to New Zealand for a bit just to kind of reevaluate my life. We just decided like I, I would, I, we want to be together and so I moved up to Ramaginning straight wow. from New Zealand to City. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd only actually spent 10 days together? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he came over to visit for a week. Yeah, and how back. much time passed between like you guys first meeting until you moved up? Six months. Wow, that's so cool. So, we were so back to front. So we didn't even get we got to know each other after I'd moved in and obviously <laughs> you moved straight in. I love it. It was all back to front. Amazing. So up to Ramanguinea? Yep, Ramanguinea, and we were there from um, 2009 to 2012. Well, he was there a bit longer, obviously, about a year more than me. So I spent about three-ish years there. And how is that? Because that's so remote. To be honest, I didn't, I didn't want to follow that lifestyle, that typical Mormon lifestyle where you find a return missionary, get married, and have kids. Like that wasn't just for me. That wasn't <laughs> that wasn't what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to do something different. And meeting Cam, not only was he different, but his he just seemed to be so set up. He just knew what he was doing, and I wanted something like that security. Just someone who who could teach me a different kind of lifestyle and Roman getting it was it was completely different but absolutely incredible yeah how many people live there I, I can't even um, our population's about 700 800 it might have risen over time but at the time yeah it was very small but I just I was so fascinated I was just so open to learning about Yungo culture even before I got there because Cam had lived there for a year before I moved up um he had been adopted so when he told his adopted family that I was coming I automatically had a skin name and I automatically had a family who knew everything about me before I got there and it was beautiful <laughs> and I just felt at first it was a bit strange I was like how do you know me but then <laughs> just the whole town just knew my name everybody knew me everybody knew my skin name so they called me by that and or they called me by how I was related to them and I just found that so beautiful um, and just not that typical city life which I was used to and I just I was sick of it I was 18 18 19 wow yeah and I just loved it absolutely loved it 
That's amazing. Embraced it all, yeah. And now I've got really close family from Remingening who still keep in contact with me and are just, yeah, treat me like family. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's unreal. Yeah. <laughs> and so then how did you eventually come to Nullumboy? Okay, so after Remingening we moved to Gallowincourt to get more um, – just to get another feel of another community. Mm -hmm. Um, A few things happened in Ramo that led us to Galloway Corps. So we stayed there for another two years and then had our son, our first son, Asia, got married after that. Obviously everything's backwards for us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. That's good. Cam got a call one day from Sabina at the high school here and she just offered him a job um, as a senior teacher at the high school and literally within... I think within one or two weeks we were here. Wow. And that's it. People had heard of how great Cam's teaching was and sought after him. And, yeah, he accepted the job. We moved in and we've been here four years. He got headhunted. Yeah, he got headhunted. <laughs> what was your first impression of Nullumboy? I suppose coming from such a remote, such a remote town where um, everything is culture and I think I, I I expected it to be just like community and mm. so I just expected it to be remote Aboriginal community life and that's what I expected but when I got here it was kind of like a shock yeah. because it's not like that. No. I mean you have to drive out to get that authentic vibe, authentic culture and love and I initially we didn't get that but and it took a while for me to get used to it, to be honest. I did not like it. <laughs> really? I didn't. I hated Nolan Boy. Sorry. <laughs> but okay. literally grew on me within two months. I I was okay. I felt like I was meant to be here. It felt like the big smoke. I think we we went it out to would dinner. As well. Yeah, we went out to dinner at the Arnhem Club in the walkabout <laughs> <laughs> every night for a month. No joke. We didn't. <laughs> Nolan Boy's growing on us times a hundred thousand like we absolutely love Nolan Boy and it allows us to stay close to our families who are in getting in Elko Island um, and when they come and visit they're always we're always here for them and vice versa yes yeah so it's kind of the best of both worlds for us totally and so what was it do you think that made your because you said at the start you hated Nolan Boy what was it do you think that switched over we did we just made really good friends and I, I, I was, we were just welcomed by a lot of people that showed they, they showed us the true Nolanboy community and the Nolanboy spirit, and I think that's what it was, just everybody kind of knowing each other. Yeah. I think the community feeling, it, it really grew on us. Your own little slice of paradise far away from any big city, and it's, yeah, like I said, best of both worlds. You get that authentic cultural feeling mixed in with a little bit of a a small town I don't, I don't know yeah no I, I <laughs> get what you sense? mean yeah. I think so <laughs> I, yeah but it's just the community love I think now today if I was to say that I love how why I love Nolan boys because of the community love like the spirit here is amazing and you saw it at the the fundraiser that we done yeah um, a few uh, a month or two ago that just blew me away yeah incredible we, we raised like four grand that night, I think. Crazy. Four or five grand, yeah. Yeah, it was so beautiful under such tragic circumstances. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was like, wow. Yeah, so that literally I think I said that night, I never want to leave this place <laughs> because of that, because of the town and how it comes together under circumstances like that. Totally. Yeah. 
Well, I guess we, we spoke a little bit about how Nulamboy was difficult uh, when you first got here initially. But what do you think, like, as a woman, as a mother, as a wife, as a, you know, a career person as well, what do you find the most challenging thing, like living, even though you said Nulamboy, it is, it's a hub, you know, and mm-hmm. it's not like a tiny community like what you were used to. But what do you think the challenges are for you in this area? Or that you've faced? Have you faced any? Maybe you haven't faced any. (laughs) (laughs) Probably very difficult is not having my family here. And and being from New Zealand, like it's not a place where anyone would just drop everything and leave to. It's not a place that anyone would just go, I want to go to that place. It's not really a travel holiday destination. (laughs) And it's so expensive to get here. Yeah. So I suppose like, I uh, yeah, I really struggle with being away from my family. But then, like I said, like you just make family here and like we do we have our own family here you, you find people who are always there for each other because we're all kind of orphans in a way like we totally all our families aren't here everyone's Some kind of, of in the same yeah. boat <laughs> yeah well, but a, a huge majority yeah. of the community absolutely now we haven't touched on it yet uh, we were talking about this just before the interview <laughs> But you started your own business. Yeah. Which is so exciting. Congratulations. <laughs> when did it come about and how did it come about? I think I um I don't like working for anyone. <laughs> That's so fair. <laughs> I don't like I and I I mean I get along well with everyone and I always try my best, but I think I wasn't enjoying myself. I I was working at the school and I love it. Like I loved the kids and at the moment at that time I loved it. The staff that I worked with all amazing just had a just always had really great days, but I fell pregnant with Manava, who's in here now. Hey. No, I just I just stopped enjoying going to work and working hours that had to fit someone else and had to be. I don't. I guess I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds horrible, but it's. I just don't enjoy it. I I pre- would prefer to work on my own and on my own terms and doing something that I actually love. And I've followed. Cam's career around Northern Territory for 10 years, eight years actually, coming on to 10. Um, And so I just, I thought this is like, I'm doing something I don't love. I tried to love it. I I liked it. And there were days where I enjoyed it, but I just knew it's not what I want to do. And obviously, like we've spoken about before, music I always felt was my priority. And at the moment, things that I do want to do with music um, kind of, I'm kind of limited with him. And also living here, I suppose that's one thing that I find very difficult as a woman in in music. It's hard to do much here and you're really limited to the places that you can perform. So putting music on hold just a little bit, just well, until he's a bit, Manav's a bit older um, and I'm able to travel with him and, and not worry so much. Yeah. Um, and that's not going to take long. No. So I just decided, like, I, I'm a creative person and I everything I do that I enjoy is based around creativity. So I thought, why not? Give it a crack. I wrote out the spiel about to write out, to put on the Null and Boy notice board. Oh, sorry, Gove notice board. And I couldn't send it. I couldn't push send. Like I'd written <laughs> it all. And I was like, ah! And I just, I just was so shy and I, I couldn't do it. So it took me a couple of days because I just, uh, fear of rejection, fear that people won't enjoy what, or, or don't care or wouldn't want the service and that I wouldn't get any work and then I'll be stuck and then I have to try something, find something else and all the things that <laughs> Yeah, everyone goes yeah. through that. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, and so I got Cam to my husband to push send. That's literally all he needed to do. And I gave him with a computer and I just said, read this and tell me it was good. He's like, yes, it's good. And I said, well, can you send it for me? And he's like, what? And I ran away and I'm sure like I was covering my head and I was going, la, 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 don't, I don't want to know. And he's like, it's done. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> and I screamed and I can't believe it. Nobody's going to message me. Nobody's going to want to get graphic nobody needs graphic design everybody can do it by themselves it's easy uh, well, no it's not <laughs> <laughs> to me it's easy because I love it and it's fun and um so actually can you tell us a little bit about what your what your business entails exactly? okay so, um so my business is I'm a graphic designer or design artist I like to call myself creative design artist and basically what I do is I can help people if they've got a small business that they're just starting up, they can do – I come up with a brand for them, a logo, do logo design, branding, illustrations. Um, I, I'm a photographer as well. And Amazing. Yeah, so pretty much anything in that category. What can't you do? <laughs> Maybe that's a better question. <laughs> Well, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but so you you make business cards too, hey? Yeah, yep. So I, I don't make stuff. them physically. I, I find the best, the most suitable printer in Australia for the person. So if they have a certain thing that they want, say foil finish uh, with the metallic, I don't know, anything like that, whatever <laughs> they want, I go and source it for them. And Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. Uh, if anyone is interested in that, you've got a Facebook page, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do. And um, my business is called Juca Designs, J-U-C-A Designs. Sweet. Thanks. Uh, you mentioned your music before, and I think that that is, you're very well known in the town for your music. When did you decide to start considering that as a career seriously? <laughs> I think I've always known. I've always known that's what I wanted to do and sometimes I feel like I've put it off because I just, I've, like I said, fear of rejection. I'm scared that no one will like me and it's always that inner voice or, or no, that's maybe that surface voice, not the inner voice. <laughs> the inner voice is telling me, you can do it. <laughs> but the, the, self, the surface level voice is always telling me, you can't, you're not good enough. You're, you, you're going to be rejected a hundred times over. No one's going to be there at your gig. And you know what? I've done gigs. There's been one person in the crowd, but that person's cheering and he's like, yeah, you're the best. Totally. You know, he's making me feel good about myself. And this that one person just always has um, encouraged me. I mean, you're getting paid to do something that you yeah, love. I, yeah, exactly. And I'm st- I'm doing I'm sharing my creative with people. And I suppose, like, I think it, uh, cr- creativity is is dimmed a lot. And we're supposed to f- we're supposed to go to university and study algebra. I don't know. You know, like that's kind yeah. of what it feels like sometimes. Embracing my creativity um, and <laughs> is very important to me. <laughs> But I do, I have stopped those, I have stopped those little mini gigs now. I kind of, I feel like I'm done with that. I, And I have done my fair share of small gigs around town. 
So I'm kind of, I think I'm, I, I want to move on to the bigger stages. And cool. when Manava's bigger, I feel like I'll, I'll be able to start applying for the bigger stages like festivals and uh, touring around Australia or the world even, if it gets that way. Fingers crossed. Amazing. <laughs> Uh, so recently you released your very first EP, Gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How was that? I mean, that is a huge accomplishment in itself, but it must be so exciting. Yeah, I, yeah, it was exciting at the time and, and it still is. As a self-managed artist, I, I do struggle because I'm not really sure what I am doing sometimes, but I know that it's just a, it's a, it's a process. Totally. And I'm trying to be patient. <laughs> But yeah, it it was amazing and a huge accomplishment and something I thought would take years for me to do. We just had a little break then because uh, little Manava, he was hungry. So if you hear any strange noises, uh, he's just having a feed, (laughs) which I think ties in perfectly with the Strong Women interviews because... I mean, she really is Wonder Woman. So we will carry on the interview as normal. (laughs) So uh, we were talking about your EP that you recently released, Gone, and it's so beautiful. If you haven't heard it, oh, my gosh, anyone out there listening, you need to jump online and get it. You can get it from anywhere, right? It's on all the uh, iTunes and everything. Yeah, Spotify, all of that. Definitely jump on and have a listen Mm -hmm. because... Yeah, the they're so all your songs are so beautifully made and so different. It's like yeah. you can listen to the entire thing and it's it's like a journey. <laughs> Without sounding <laughs> yeah. too corny, I really I just it's really a loved journey. it. Total journey. It definitely is. Yeah. You, and like you said, they're all so different. I remember someone listening and like, "Wow, not one song is the same." And it's kind of hard to pinpoint a genre. Which is great. Yeah. I think because it keeps you on your toes. If you have it in the background, you know, it's not like it doesn't just fade out. It's not background. It's like it's the main event. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's taking notice. <laughs> do you um do you have a favourite song from the EP? Um, I think they're all my favourite. But, I mean, the story behind Bell would be the, I mean, the one that I would talk about most. So it's pretty special. And I think I was just speaking to someone about it last night. It's oh, it's called Belle um, and it's about my friend whose name was Emma Bell. Um, and, yeah, I, I knew her from just my times in, in remote communities. Um, she was a, a, a teacher and in Elko Island and just formed a really good bond with her. I mean, we weren't closest friends, but she's just the type of person that you could easily connect with. Yeah. And just any time, just so lovely, so genuine, and you just can, you just connect. And that was super special, but I I wasn't able to get to know her on in a long period of time because by the end of that teaching year, she'd lost her job at Alco Island and moved to Menangrita, so... That was in, I think, 2014 is when we moved to Gove and it was July 2014 when the plane flew over Ukraine and was shot down. She was on that plane. She was, yeah, she was spending time abroad and she, I remember her always talking about her wanderlust. She she absolutely loved travelling and that's what everyone knew her for. Any, any opportunity she had, she's gone. She went and travelled wherever she could. So she was, I think she was in 
Amsterdam. I actually I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but she was flying. She was on her way home, and yeah, she was on that flight, and she, with a lot of other people, was shot. They were all killed tragically, horribly. And I was just shocked. Like I, we'd just moved to Nulumboy. We'd been here about a month, I think, and. I had I just started having these dreams that kept recurring. They were recurring dreams, recurring nightmares that I just they would happen every single night without fail. The same dream, and I I have always been a believer of dreams telling you messages, but this was full on. Yeah, <laughs> and the dream would like in my dream I spent time like her and I were on the plane together and we survived the the crash as horrible as it was we survived it and we were running through Ukraine just trying to survive and there's parts of my song where I'm saying um take a lock from my hair and sell it for food so we were in my dream it's it seemed right to cut our hair off and sell it all so that we can have enough money to afford food wow. um and and running on the beach because it was so hot or running on sand dunes i can't remember it was sand dunes so i can't tell if it was the beach or or just sand but our feet were burning and and running through the streets of ukraine it was just hot i just remember it being hot and our feet burning so there's a line in the song it says keep running away um my feet are burning and I, I have an image of her in front of me wearing a she had long red hair in my dream she's wearing a white dress so it was a flowing white dress her feet are burnt and she's running in front of me and she just kind of runs away so <laughs> yeah, yeah so literally the dream it turned into a song and I felt inspired one day um I wrote the song and I stopped having those dreams. So it's like a message, like I had to tell her mess I had to tell our story of survival to to someone and when it became a song, yeah, like I said the dream stopped. I haven't had a dream since. ask this because in my brain I like I don't understand how you do it but how do you do it all like (laughs) how do you 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 have you've started your own business you're a musician you're a mother of two you're a wife how do you do it wife is the hardest part (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> um, I have a lot of late nights. I my brain doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. I'm like an, a, a late night person where I'm up early hours of the morning. My brain's trying to figure out. Like during the day, I'm pretty lethargic. <laughs> I'm nocturnal. I come out at night. My brain's always buzzing. When my maternity leave was running out from my job, I um I needed to do something, and I at the time like it was it was a it was about having the same way like you know at the time it was about money which I can be honest about but now like I just I can work from my bed (laughs) so good and um obviously things have to and obviously my priority is my my kids and being a mum but when I have the chance to obviously I I will try and (laughs) so you kind of take opportunities when they come yeah definitely and I always try to my main up like most times I'm taking the opportunity to catch up on sleep (laughs) (laughs) when when it does arise when I feel motivated which is pretty much always from 5 p.m (laughs) (laughs) I do I do start working but no I mean during the day yeah my time's dedicated to my family for anyone out there listening who maybe feels too afraid maybe the voices that they have in their Mm. head telling them not to do it or they're they're not good enough or maybe people that just feel like they've missed their chance like maybe they're in their late 20s 30s 40s 50s and feel like that they've missed their chance to start pursuing their dreams what advice would you have for them I was reading something the other night it was really good it was about like it was a picture and it was like it was all your milestones. So it was from, say, like 18, you graduate school, you get married at, what, 25, you know, typically. And then it was like a line of your milestones and stones in your life. Most successful age was between 35 to 45, I think, and that's when mo- like all the successful people for that whole time before that had doubted themselves so much and it was at 35 when they just kicked themselves up the bum and said, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So you can spend so much time just doubting yourself but if you really believe it, you're going to get to a point where you you actually feel like you can and you don't give a shit what anyone thinks. It, it doesn't, like, I think that's number one. I think is just stop giving a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Just, yeah. And I, I that's my biggest thing. I think I've always worried what everyone says. I've always worried what people think. I've always worried about just the silly things that your mind says, that you're going to be rejected. Yeah. You're going to be, you're not good enough. You don't look like you're that type of person. You don't look like a superstar. You don't look like a singer. I was like, who cares? Yeah. If you want to do that, if that's your true purpose, your true calling, then do it. Hey. He's relating. (laughs) (laughs) Just do it. And I think um, I'm a prime example of that. I always, and I'm just just talking about myself, like I thought at the age of 18, that's the prime age for you to be successful because you're going to get found in relation to musicians and pop stars. You're going to be found, you need to be found by someone who will pick you up and take you to stardom. And, like, not that I wanted to be a star or anything. I just want to to be paid to be creative. I would say to anyone, anyone that wants to start a business, anyone who wants to, to that has a dream and wants to follow it and just do what they want to do, I just, like I said, I don't care about what people think about you. 
Because that can really ruin, that can really mould who you become if you're constantly trying to please people. And at the end of the day, once you press that send button, once you push post and walk away, wait till the messages flood in. It was an hour after I pushed that, can push that send button. I had two or three people already wanting stuff done and I was stoked. Like I couldn't believe it. And I felt, yeah, amazing. It's once you step out, it really matters. So just getting past that one point in your life, just saying, just shut up to the voices and just do it. That's it. And I guess lastly, what do you hope for the future? In an ideal world, how would your how would your future pan out? I think in the far future, I want to make money off music to be able to help people. That's yeah, I think my very first the very first people I want to help is my family. But after that, I I think I've always wanted to be a philanthropist and just do what I can, just do my part and do more than my part because there's so much you can do, so much people you can help, so much that you, even in our own country. When you say help people with your music, do you mean like raise awareness of things? Yeah, charity work. I like, I want to be able to use my money once I feel like I'm settled, once I feel like my family has got enough, you know, Mm. to help my family first and then look at the bigger picture in the world like yeah raise awareness and charity like literally that is my dream and I don't want without sounding cliche or corny like that is actually what I want to do with with my music I want to give back I want if I can do if I can make myself someone who is paid for their creative that money will be used for good yeah Thank you so much for making the time to come in and thank you for bringing little Manava in because he's just so cute and even though I was sidetracked at half that interview (laughs) because he's just lying on the floor being the cutest kid in the world. Yeah, I, I so appreciate you coming in and I think that you're amazing and I think that you inspire so many, not just women but people in the town and keep doing what you're doing because you're killing it. Thank you. That was the ninth episode of Northeast Arnhem Land with Mon. If you liked what you heard, it would be amazing if you could give the podcast a review and hit subscribe. Like always, shout out to GovFM. Without them, this podcast would not be possible. And of course, I want to thank you for hanging out. Now, if you or someone you know has a story they'd like to share... All the contact info is in the show notes. But for now, I'm Monica O'Hanlon. That was Northeast Arnhem Land with Mon. I'll see you next week. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.